You got it, bro. Yeah. All right, here we go. Mic check. One, two, one, two. Yo, yo. All right. It's the Color in Chaos podcast. It's just Jesse and Jonah uh. hanging out. We're going to talk some truth. We're going to be real loose. <laughs> All right, here we go. All right. All right three, two, one. All right. Welcome to the Color and Chaos podcast. I'm going to try that again. All right. Here we go. All right. <laughs> All right. Welcome to the Color and Chaos Podcast. My name is Jonah Ferry. I'm coming to you from Macomb, Michigan. Today's a very special day, very special episode. I have one of my very good friends, Jesse Sterneman. Is that, that's how you say your name, right? That's it. Yeah. You got Jesse, it. You nailed it. It's a long one. Jesse Sterneman, one of my good friends. Uh, he's a fellow pastor as well. If this is your first time being a part of Color and Chaos episode, no matter how you're partaking in this, whether you're watching or listening, thank you so much. I'll talk real quick about what Color and Chaos is, and then I'll let Jesse introduce himself. And so Color and Chaos is a cry from my heart that I know that it's in the times of difficulty, the times that I want to do everything I can do to numb myself, to run away from. But if I look to my Creator, Savior, Sustainer, then I can find a color in the exact same thing I want to run away from. And so this is a cry, this podcast exists as a cry to not give up in the moments of difficulty, but instead stop leaning on our own strength and lean on the one who has created us, saved us, and sustains us every single day. And so, um, Jesse, I'll let you go ahead and, uh, and take this away. Go ahead and introduce yourself. I see you have a sign. By the way, this sign right here, I did not ask him to do that. And so it might be backwards. So it says, <laughs> I heart Jonah's podcast. You wanted me to pray to kick things off? Yeah, go ahead and pray, and uh, we'll jump into it. I'd love to. Father, we just thank you so much for this time. God, I thank you for um, just every person that has tuned in to this podcast. I just pray, Lord, that we would um, just uh, worship you with this time, and uh, Lord, that you'd be glorified. Whatever words that uh, Jonah and I have, that they would be from you. And um, as we get into a little bit of the topic of evangelism, we know that's your heart. Jesus, you said you've come to seek and save the lost. Help us to have your heart. God, we don't, we don't need to share what's on our hearts. We need to share what's in your heart. So help us to do that. I uh, just pray a special blessing over Jonah, over his continued ministry at his church with this podcast, and uh, blessing over those that are listening today. I pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. My name is Jesse Sterneman. I have a wonderful wife, Rachel. Uh, I have three kids. Harper's four, going to be five. Caleb is three. He is uh, a wrecking ball. <laughs> and then I have Millie. Millie is one years old. And, um, and then I have uh, maybe seven students in the youth group that are kind of extended family to us. And I'm going to say this. My, I think my story... Uh, is pretty unique. I mean, everybody's is unique because everybody, every person, your story is unique as you are, right? Yeah. Um, but um, because I was raised in a very solid Bible-believing home, and there's a promise in Scripture that comes up several times in Scripture where someone is maybe coming to Christ and Peter or Paul or Jesus says, you and your household are saved. And I believe that's really what happened in my life. My parents were believers. They taught me from a young age. And I would say probably around five, six, seven years old, I came to an understanding of who Christ was and I was saved. So if you ask me, when did I receive Christ? When did I receive salvation? 
and my name was written in the book of life, I think it happened probably at that really young age. Um, and and uh, then I think what makes my story more unique is that I began feeling a call to share my faith again at a very young age. I remember um, when I was uh, 10, about 10 years old, um, I happened to um, I happen to speak in tongues. I know that can be like a debated thing in the church. I, got I personally do. Yeah. And so one of my children's pastor, I was about 10 years old. He had us do this really unique activity. He said, I want you to, if you speak in tongues, I want you to ask God to interpret your tongue for you. Now, if you've ever, if anybody that's listening has studied scripture, you know, there's the gift of speaking in tongues. There's a gift of interpretation of tongues. There's also a bunch of gifts, gift of faith, healing, other things. But so we did this activity. I'm talking, I'm 10 years old. And I look, I look up at God and I said, you know, God, I thank you. I speak in tongues. What does that mean? And I mean, clear as day, there's certain moments where God speaks or has spoken to me that I will never forget. And he said to me, go into all the world and preach the gospel. And I'm telling you, I'm like 10 years old. So, I mean, I'm not only am I a believer at a young age, I'm feeling called to witness at a young age. I can remember again, I was going to transition from a private school to public school. This was like eighth grade. I was going to make this switch from a private Christian school to public school. Mm-hmm. And I can remember actually convincing my parents that one of the main reasons I wanted to go to public school, one was because private schools around here don't have tennis teams <laughs> in high school. So that was a big deal. <laughs> um, but the other one, I remember telling my parents, I want to be able to go talk to my science teachers and to students about Christ. I want to uh, talk to teachers about, you know, are you sure that there, there wasn't a creator? And I mean, I was, you know, I was, that was a passion of mine um, in deep in my heart. And yeah. so uh, it really started from a young age. And I'll just say this to kind of follow through with my story. Um, I did have a time in high school that I would say was my testing time. And I really began to um, kind of live a bit of a double life. And so I was still the church kid leader in the youth group. And, you know, yes, Jesus, I love Jesus. I still think I was passionate about trying to share him. But I just started to do things behind closed doors that were different than who I was putting on in public. And um, Mm -hmm. I'll never forget there was a night at youth group, maybe I was 17 years old, something like that. And the Holy Spirit just convicted my heart. It was like, (laughs) I could liken it to like a police officer catching you, like, (laughs) you know, uh, robbing a bank. And I just, the Holy Spirit convicted me so heavy, like arrested me. I was just like, put my hands up. And, um, and I remember I said, you know, the Holy Spirit basically told me you're disobeying your parents. You're living this life behind their back, which is a big deal. I mean, think about 18 and under commands in scripture, basically honor your father and mother. That's the main one until you're an adult. And I was breaking that one pretty hardcore. And so the Holy Spirit yeah, begins yeah. to convict me. And I said um, to, to God in that moment, I said, wow, you're right. I have a lot of sin, a lot of things going on that are just wrong. How can I fix it? And I felt like God spoke back to me and he said, you can't fix it. I forgive you. That's why I died. And that was probably the first moment I realized my depravity, that I had this sin in me, 
maybe because it was the first time I was actually starting to do like deceitful things as a little bit of an older person. And when I realized he forgave me, this freedom came into my heart. I remember a lot of tears I shed that night. And then I, I learned this powerful principle of what true freedom was. We think true freedom is doing whatever you want to, whenever you want to. And I found that true freedom was doing whatever you're doing and anybody could be watching you. No secrets, no hidden life. And so that really was a confirmation. I think I, I almost would say I passed that test, I guess. And that solidified for me, I am going to follow Jesus. This is the best way to live. And it was shortly after that that I began having God place this calling on my life of, uh, of evangelism. What would you say is a good um, definition of evangelism? Or why, why should we care? What, it, what, what is the burden behind evangelism? There's two things that the message of Christ changes. It's your life here on earth. So if you've truly been touched by Christ, then you're going to feel it in your life. It's just, there will be blessing there. There will be a safety and a security. There's a companionship with God that happens. But also your eternal, eternal destination changes, which I think carries more weight. Um, you know, instead of going to hell for eternity, you're going to heaven for eternity. So if someone is a believer and that has happened in their life, the change here and now and the change in the forever after, then I think naturally um, a third, things be, third thing begins to happen is you see other people and you say, wow, I want them to ha experience this as well. If the message of Christ has changed your life and you really truly understand it, then evangelism is something that should start to happen by default. And so I think evangelism is any way in which you begin to share what Jesus has done in you with other people. Yeah. Um, and so I would say that includes things that don't even necessarily use words. Um, I mean, I think words are an important part of evangelism, but any way in which you're sharing what has happened in you and changed you with other people, um, that is evangelism. As you grew and telling others about what the Lord did within you, how was it that you started to grow and knowing how to do that? Well, I guess I would say... The Lord is still fine-tuning my approach to evangelism, my approach to people. Honestly, in the past few months, I've been learning some things that I'm like, wow, I, I, you know, I think I've been in error sometimes. And, you know, it's a it's such a continual learning process. I really believe that. Um, I, I, uh, I actually just finished this book. It was an awesome book right here. It's called Witnessing Without Fear by Bill Bright, um, which really helped me a lot. Bill Bright started Campus Crusade for Christ. Um, he was like a, a huge evangelist, kind of a contemporary of Billy Graham, uh, made something called the Jesus Film, which is now in like 40 languages, a big evangelistic tool. He also wrote a book called The Four Spiritual Laws, which help people in their witnessing. So he's an awesome guy, but this really helped me. Um, but I think just, you know, what, what, what God has been helping me see through, um, through the years, I think, is that people are, um, people are at different points in their journey toward Christ. And so we often want to win them right there on the spot you know like that conversation when I'm on the spot and what I think God has been helping me to see even recently is that um, 
there's um, there's a process to it. You know, it, it's almost like if I could liken it to me and my wife Rachel. You know, I didn't marry her the day that I met her. I I saw her, and there was an attraction that was there, but it took friendship, it took discovery, it took, and then I kind of, I courted her, and then we got engaged, and then I married her. So let's pretend that someone's um, salvation is the day that they marry Christ, which is a very biblical picture. Mm-hmm. I might be meeting them and be the first person that introduces them to Jesus. So on that first introduction, they not they might not be ready to marry him. I mean, the way Jesus described following him and being saved was like, forsake all, give everything, and come follow me. Mm-hmm. So they might not be ready for that marriage. So I might be the first introduction, and I just need to present Christ, a true picture of him, his love for them, and then just allow them to keep moving forward. Somebody else, they might be... Um, be being drawn to Christ, but they have a couple of barriers in the way. And so I'm going to, I'm just going to offer a prayer for them that helps encourage them. I might answer one of their questions. I might just show them another person that is a true Christian that loves them. And kind of our job is always to just be caring people and helping people along to Jesus. We don't need to help people to get to us. We need to help them get to Jesus. So another one is to ask God for open doors and opportunities. Mm-hmm. Um, what I've noticed is when I haven't been asking him for those or haven't been looking for those, I can kind of start banging down doors with evangelism and maybe um, this being a little bit too, um, maybe too forceful. Now, I will say, I don't think that's most people's problem. <laughs> I think most people, <laughs> you, I would encourage you to get out there and start to share. Yeah. Um, but, but regardless of whether you've never shared or you share all the time or you've been ineffective, ineffective in your sharing, if you be started to begin your day by asking God for open doors and opportunities, you would be so blown away. Yeah, I'll just give yeah. you an, an, an example of this. I remember the first time I ever did this. I was walking into my high school senior year when I was really starting to get serious about this whole thing. I'm walking through the doors of Stevenson High School and I asked the Lord, give me opportunities to open doors today. And I had not had many. I mean, I couldn't think of spiritual conversations that had taken place really before that. And, uh, and I fast forward, I'm sitting down at my lunch table. This kid is looking at me across the table. I don't even know where this conversation started or came from. And he looks at me and goes, Jesse, you know, what is your church like? What does the pastor talk about? And I'm just like, what in the world? I don't even know if there was a segue. He like literally just looked at me. I guess he knew I went to church and he's just asking these questions. And immediately I'm thinking like, this is an answer to my prayer. And I'm like, almost like not ready. I'm like, oh uh, yeah, yeah, I do go to church. Um, you know? yeah, yeah. The pastor talks about the Bible. <laughs> um, but I mean, since that day, when I have asked from a genuine place in my heart for open doors and opportunities, I cannot tell you how many times that day that I ask in the morning, there is just an appointment. Somebody will just come to me or I will go to somebody and it will be like heaven parts. And um, I think there's something spiritual about open doors. A lot of people nowadays, they have closed doors that you could see that in people don't want to answer their door of their home, but also they have doors all around their heart and their life. And when you pray, you literally could be opening a small crevice in somebody's life 
for the gospel to get in and you get to be the one that actually carries yeah. that out when you meet with them that day but you open that door actually in in your room in the morning when you pray which is pretty cool you're asking god to do what only he can do which is open up the heart of those that you come in contact with because at the end of the day like the bible says like it's only by the spirit that we can even call him lord so by prayer we're asking lord lord you do what only you can do and help me just be obedient to wherever I go today and, and whoever you put in my path. Amen. Um, I remember a time when I was in, um, in South Carolina, I got a job, I got a random job at a grocery store. And so at the grocery store, I would always pray before I got on shift. I was like, okay, Lord, like just everybody that I come in contact with, like, just help me be able to tell them about you, whether it be through my actions, through my words, just however. So every single person that would come through my line, I would always just like be just very intentional about just getting to know them. What is the Lord doing in their life? Whether they acknowledge that it's the Lord working in their life or not. There's this one man that kept coming through my line. And I remember um, every time he would come through, he had a, a Geek Squad shirt on. So he, I figured he got off a of, off of work, working at Geek Squad, which is like a, a computer repair department within uh, Best Buy, which is like electronic store. I would always talk to him about electronics and um, about video games and just different things coming out. And he would maybe even ask me about my name. I remember a lot of people would say Jonah, you know, because that, that's one of the first ways that I would talk to people. I would introduce myself. Hey, my name's Jonah. You know, nice to meet you. What's your name? And a lot of times my name would intrigue them because you don't really hear the word Jonah. And so a lot of people would be like, Jonah, you know, where did you get that name from? And and I'll just follow that up with saying, hey, it's actually in the Bible. And actually that that name, Jonah, led me to the Lord. Like, and I would go in my testimony. So I did that one day. I was just kind of sharing my testimony and and he he let me know that he was an atheist and and everything. And I was like, Oh wow, you know, thank you for sharing. You know, thank you for sharing where you're where at you're and at, everything. Yeah. And and so he just kept coming through my line, kept coming through my line, kept coming through my line. Every single time I would just ask him how he's doing and just love up on him. Hey, is there anything I could be praying for? And this one day he came through my line and um it was a very similar conversation to the ones that I had before with him. And he walks away, he gets his groceries, he walks away, and then he stops, and then he comes back. He says, hey, you know what, I want you to work for me. And I was like, well, I mean, I got this job at the time, I had another job as well. And uh, I told him, I was like, hey man, I don't know if I know that much about like computers and fixing computers. And he was like, hey, don't worry about that. Like, we, we can train you, we can train you in that. Like, don't worry about that. He's, um, he, he was like, you know, I, I have a lot of people that see the cup half empty, but you know, I'm, I'm, I'm ready to start having somebody around me that sees the cup half full. So like yes, I prayed about yes. it and called him back after I got off the shift and, uh, he was just like, seriously, I want you to apply. So I applied and during the interview, I'm telling him about the fact that I'm a follower of Christ. Like I didn't ask for this job, so there was nothing for me to lose. Right, right. But I told him during the interview, I said, hey, um, I'm a follower of Christ and I feel like the Lord might be calling me to Michigan and I don't know uh, what that looks like or if that's even the case, mm. um, but I just want to let you know. Mm. Um, and it was like, yeah, awesome, cool. And all of that to say is that like asking the Lord, Lord, help me today be able to have conversations with those that that I meet and and just be missionally minded to be able to speak into their lives not for my own strength or my own knowledge or my own ability but just through a humility saying lord just just speak through me just help me be present that led me to the the job working there at geek squad and there at geek squad dude like that was some of the most intense ministry i think i've ever done up to this point in my oh. life 
and and you know, I mean, I'm a, I'm pastor at a church and everything, but just it's just it was so intense because every single day I had to do exactly what you talked about. I had to go into work and and just ask God when I when I would put on my uniform or driving there or sometimes I'll try to read the Bible a little bit before going in to work. And I would always ask God, God, just help help me. Help me just be intentional with those that you put in my path. And dude, almost every person I worked with during that time there at Geek Squad claimed to not be a follower of Christ, wow. um, to, to be either agnostic or atheist. And But just like the Lord opened up so much favor, mm. not only with the people I worked with, but the one that hired me. Um, and then customers coming in, like they come in to fix their computer all of a sudden, like we're praying right there, <laughs> you know, like weeping oh, and, and like, it's crazy. And, and here's someone who wasn't a follower of Christ mm. that, that had no intentions of that at all. He made it very clear. He allowed me to do that for some reason. Right. And, and, and when the other, uh, when the other people that I worked with would always say like, why are you allowing Jonah like to pray with like customers and stuff? <laughs> he was like, look at, look at like at the customer service, like surveys, like it's, it's helping our department <laughs> up. It's crazy. Like the Lord can use anything. Our department's looking great on the, uh, the corporate charts. So, you know, let him keep doing what he's doing. But like, I, that, I'm not saying any of that for me at all. It's all just asking God, God, help me with where you place me. Help me be effective for your kingdom. And like, what what creator won't won't listen to that? Like, what creator wouldn't want that? Because at the end of the day, like me and you were talking before we started this, like that 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 verse that says, you know, all things work out for the good of yeah. those who are called uh, according to His purpose, those who love Him. And so, okay, all things work out for the mm-hmm. good. What's good isn't what I think good is. Good is God. It may not be my safety or my security or my comfort, but. At the end of the day, it will be something that's eternal, that is lasting, that is joyful, that is that is you know yeah. free. And at the end of the day, just saying, Lord, I look to you for that, and not just getting wrapped up in everything. Yeah, and I would say this, you know, um, there's some prayers that I think are easy for God to answer, and probably the easy, the closer the prayer is to God's heart, the easier it is for Him to answer. Well, God, His His mission is to seek and save the lost. I mean, his primary mission, he wants to help repair your marriage, he wants to help you when you're sick, he wants to do all these other things, but the closest thing to his heart is to seek and save the lost. If there is somebody that has not yet had, had him become their father, that's his, that's his goal. I mean, he's looking, the lost children, you know, he's, he's looking. And so when a, one of us, his children, start praying for people that aren't his children yet um in the morning you know you're praying i'm praying open door let me you know show somebody you i mean he's going to answer that prayer very quickly yeah Yeah, it makes me think about this quote i've been reading uh, a book from mike donahue which is the lead singer of a band called 10th avenue north he says this in the book he says before god gives us what we want he changes what we want until he is what we want when we taste and see God, we get better at waiting. This side of eternity, we must follow our desires deeper down. So he's talking about, you know, a lot of times we desire certain things. We're praying for certain things. But as we start to say, okay, God, beyond these things that I'm praying for, I'm truly seeking after your heart. 
then the Lord will start to show us where those desires, what the root of that is, not just what the surface of it is. Because on the surface, it might be awesome. It might sound really good. Like, Lord, give me this job. You know, but then when you start to follow those desires deeper down, it starts to be, okay, is, is this to build my own kingdom or is this to build your kingdom? Is this for my own gratification or is this because, Lord, ultimately I want to become closer to you? And then he goes on to say this, if we would relax our grip, if we could just hold our big dreams with open hands, then God can give and take away as he pleases, and our heart can grow in the way they were meant to, in the steady evergreen soil of trust in God. But when we clench our fist and white-knuckle our dreams to the size and the shape we decided on, we end up squeezing life right out of it. Mm. So, you know, yeah, even with what you're saying with, with our prayers, by just saying, Lord, help Help what I want be what you want, because at the end of the day, I want you. Like, all of these prayers, all these things I desire, all these dreams, at the end of the day, Lord, there's this hunger within me that won't be filled by anything else but you. So, Lord, you be in the presence of all these things that I'm, I'm desiring. And if it's not you, let me know so that I can no longer start to invest my heart into that, you know? That's, that's really good, Jonah. I like that. I like that quote. So, okay, so we're talking about evangelism, and one of the terms that is kind of a hot term right now, especially since um, the election back, uh, I guess, 2016, 2017, is evangelical. So that's, that's a huge word right now, evangelical Christian. So a lot of times people uh, who are followers of Christ or claim to be followers of Christ, they would kind of follow up with that term evangelical. So maybe for those that are listening or watching, um, even honestly for me, sometimes I get confused by that term as well. We're talking about evangelism, which is, as you said, sharing what, what the Lord has done in your life, sharing the good news of Jesus. But what is that compared to an evangelical? What what can you speak oh, into that? I totally know what that term evangelical means. I mean, yeah, I do hear it sometimes, often like from the news outlets, like this candidate has mm-hmm. the evangelical vote. Um, it seems like there's a distinction between maybe like Catholics and Mm. Other other denominations are more evangelical. That's what I was thinking. The other thing is, you know, maybe there is something to the word evangelism is kind of inside the word evangelical. So maybe believers that are more like actually trying to get you to believe what they believe become more yeah. evangelical as opposed to the one that yeah. would say, oh, I'm a Christian, but they don't care or they don't take the time to have anybody else become that. Which, yeah. um, which, if you read scripture, there there would be a huge problem with someone that calls himself a Christian and doesn't want other people to know. Um, but mm. yeah, I don't, I don't know. I haven't studied the word um, evangelical. Yeah. But I'm sure if you ask somebody, I would be one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, same here as well. But I know that was definitely a a term thrown around, especially with this uh, last election of just uh, the evangelical Christian. And I know that. We have an enemy that likes to kind of hijack a lot of labels, a lot of terms, mm-hmm. in order to, for one, diminish um, whatever it is that it's that it, that's trying to be accomplished, um, but for two, to also just um, put a disdain in people's mouth, or or maybe even a fear within them concerning uh, evangelizing or uh, being an evangelical. Um, so even this. In the recent politics and everything going on in there, I see a lot of, a lot of, a lot of times that there might be somebody who claims to be an evangelical Christian or adopts that label, but the behavior that they are demonstrating 
especially to those that are watching, are are completely contrary to the good news of yeah. Jesus. You get yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. That the the character and the motivation has to be the baseline. I think um, we have to be motivated by love. I actually write a, a blog about evangelism. It's called the Expansion Blog, and that was my most recent post. Motivated by love. Why do we share? Mm. Uh, why do we live the Christian life? How did we even come to Christ? Love. The answer is love. Love covers a multitude of sins. Um, scripture says perfect love casts out fear. Um, so evangelism doesn't need to be all intertwined with fear. If it is, that's of the enemy. Um, then, you know, Scripture says if we're doing things in the name of God, like probably a lot of these people you're describing, and we have not love. We are only a resounding gong, a clanging cymbal, which is probably what a lot of the people that get turned off feel like. <laughs> There's the evangelical yeah. gong going off again. And if they feel that way, there's probably an absence of love. Now, I will say this. There also could be conviction of the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. And that's what's turning people off. Christians, I don't think, will ever have this really amazing, beautiful, good name. Jesus said, if they hated me, they're going to hate you. So sometimes we have to be careful to manage this tension. Um, if, if, if people are bashing Christians because Christians are being Christ-like and being true to his message, then we need to expect that. And I think there's danger at, in some areas of the church today where... They need to know what we're for and not what we're against and this and that. And some of it's really good, but others others of it is just remember. I mean, Jesus said, you will be persecuted. He said, they mm-hmm. will hate you. He said, there will become a time when they, when they are killing you and they think they're doing something good for God. That's how twisted it'll be. So I think that's yeah. important to remember. But also the, the, the love thing needs to be the baseline. They'll know we are Christians by our, not sound doctrine, but by our love. Mm. And then we'll use the sound doctrine to capture their heart. And I think it, a good barometer, we can't go change all these people that maybe are giving Christianity a bad name because they have an absence of these things. But for those that are listening right now, for you and I, Jonah, a good barometer is to just ask ourselves, is what's coming out of me love, joy, Peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Why that's such a good barometer is because that's called the fruit of the Spirit. And if we've all heard of the fruit of the Spirit, or many of us, but if you think about what that means, we have the Spirit, and the fruit is what is coming out, is what is bore. And so if that's what's coming out of us, the fruit of the Spirit, then we have a leg to stand on with sharing our faith with people, I believe. Or we have a leg to stand on. We have a platform. The platform of the believer should be the fruit of the Spirit for anything yeah. we, we want to vocalize. So with that, you're, you're talking about love. You're talking about we know love by knowing, for one, Christ. That, that Christ is the example of that perfect love. And so when we know the perfect love, that drives out all the other things that can attach us and that can wrap itself around our identity but Christ. So for those that are saying, you know what, like I, I am a follower of Jesus. Like I've had a moment where I've asked Jesus to be Lord of my life, or maybe they're on the fence with it and they know that the Lord is starting to, that the spirit of God is working and burning in their heart. 
what would you say is one of the things that should drive you? Because you said something earlier. You said um, that it, you find like there's something wrong with saying that you are a Christian, but yet not sharing your faith. Mm-hmm. And so there may be a lot listening or watching this right now that maybe are kind of confused by that statement because they're saying, okay, I am a Christian and I don't necessarily feel what you're talking about that I need to share my faith. I don't even really even know what what the point of that is because if anything, like, you know, I, I just love them, right? That should be enough. I'm, I'm nice to them. I, you know, I do things for them. I, I do good things. Mm-hmm. You know, shouldn't that be enough? Shouldn't that, you know carry that what would you say to somebody who may be thinking along yeah. those lines uh, well first thing i would tell them is uh, make sure your macbook doesn't die when you're um oh, is being it? <laughs> posted on a podcast no but um i think i'll i'll say two things one is a little a little bit lighter and the other a little bit heavier um but first i would think about yourself I'm going to take myself, for example, or you could think about yourself, Jonah. What, what has Christ done in you? When you really begin to think about that, and you just, just think about loving him, you, you start to think, I, I want other people to have this. And, and then think about their own, the people suffering that don't know him. You know, they're, they're in tough spots. And there's only one solution. We know that. And then, um, and, and so, and then begin to think like, what? How would you, if you were in the spot of the unbeliever? So, if you're a believer out there, you were in the spot of the unbeliever. How would you want someone to start praying for you? How would you want someone to start interacting with you and talking to you? What would you want them to do? So, I think that can help just to not always make it about them 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 but just internalize it and um and 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 with that i mean you will be an ineffective witness if you are not just spending time with the father yourself Uh, you can't witness from your head you have to witness from your heart you know we most christians they know they're supposed to be witnessing but they don't do it and the heart, the heart of it witnessing comes when you spend time with the one who wants to seek and save the lost. Spend time with the father who sprints off the deck to the prodigal. Just spend time with Jesus. Not even necessarily always praying about witnessing evangelism, just spending time with him about your own personal life and it will, it will come out of you. He said, abide in me and I in you and you'll bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can't do anything. Witnessing apart from abiding is a bad thing. <laughs> yeah. So, so that's kind of the first thing I'd say, and to make it internal. The second is, and this is tough, but I would ask God for a vision of heaven and hell. I would. I would ask God to show you um, what heaven and hell are like. You know, the Lord in my prayer times has showed me those two places and showed me what people go through in those two places. And um, and I will tell you that it, it drives me to share Christ with people. I mean, I have had a vision of being in a dungeon with a demon in hell and felt some of the weight of being there for eternity. In fact, I talked to a guy 
I talked to a guy one time that gave an even maybe better picture. Um, there actually is a guy you could look up named Bill Wise. Uh, I don't, don't know how to spell his last name, but he has a book and a ministry called mm -hmm. 23 Minutes in Hell. And he spent 23 minutes in hell, and he now goes around sharing the gospel with people about how I think he ended up coming to after 23 minutes of being dead. And he shares now and just tells people mm -hmm. about Jesus and how to go to heaven. But um, this, this guy I, I was talking to, he was um, not a believer, and he got electrocuted. And the electrocution went through him so much that his heart stopped and he died. And he said instantly he started dropping in what he felt like was a bottomless elevator. And he said as he dropped, every feeling of love left him so that he, be, he entered into a place void of love. And he said it was the most un indescribable feeling with no, the absence of any love anywhere in that realm. And um, we have to understand that there's more than what we can see. There's more than what we're going through. I have a toothache right now because I just went to the dentist. I have some stresses in my life. I have, you know, this, I have kids, this. There is so much more. There is eternity. People in your life, their souls are on the line and it's urgent and it should, it should drive us to do something. And I'll tell you this, um, this was a pretty amazing moment I had in, in prayer one time. Um, the, um, I had, I kind of, I got kind of caught up in a vision and um, it was crazy because I wasn't even praying. I was actually sitting, putting my daughter to bed and um, I closed my eyes and, um, and someone came up to me and kind of tapped me on the shoulder. It was either Jesus or an angel. And they, they, they showed me this door and they basically asked me if I wanted to come through it. And I peeked through this door and there were these meadows of green grass and this breeze in the air and the sun was shining. And I literally believed that I walked through heaven for a few moments. And I mean, I, oh, I'm just getting, I'm like feeling like I'm there right now yeah, because yeah. of what I'm recalling it. Um, and, and like the, the, the emotion that was present there was it's, it's otherworldly. I'm, I'm starting to get speechless trying to recall it. And I'll tell you what, Jonah, I want to be there with you. And I want everybody that I know and that I meet and that God brings in my path to be there in that place. Um, because it was it was like the most perfect spring day when that first 70 degree, degree day hits, plus like every good and perfect thing in the universe. And that, again, the words are not there to describe yeah, yeah. The, the amazing, how, maybe the smile on my face can show you how, how wonderful uh, heaven will truly be. I think growing up before I was a follower of Christ, heaven, um, it sounded really awesome. It was something I feel like was portrayed as just this like eternal bliss. Even like what you talked about, like, you know, there's the meadows and there's the cool breeze. That's easy to imagine because we've experienced like little shadows of that. You know, mm -hmm. we've experienced a good day. We've experienced the breeze. We've experienced just the perfect temperature. You know, it's hard to believe up here in Michigan, you know, we hardly experience the perfect temperature, but summer's pretty good. 
Summer in Michigan's pretty good. It's in the uh, around seventies, you know. Yeah, but like yeah. we've experienced those good days, and so it's kind of easy for us to understand heaven. But one thing that was a game changer for me, especially after I came to know Jesus, um, after I came became a follower of Christ, was that I started to study and learn who Jesus was. I started to pray. I started to ask Him, Lord, show me who You are. I started to to go into His Scripture. Honestly, that was one of the biggest things of just going to a scripture with a heart, just saying, Lord, like, just show me your, your character and show me my, my character as well. My, the, the human, the human heart and, and your heart, God, show me your heart, show me my heart. And there's always application that can come from that. And so every time I, I spend time in the scripture then, and even now I'm starting to learn God's heart. I started to learn my heart. I start to learn that everything that I long for can be fulfilled and is fulfilled through Christ. And so one of the game changers for me was that I started realizing, wait a minute, heaven is being in the presence of you. Like heaven is is completely enveloped around you. Revelation talks about how there is no sun, but that Jesus is the sun. Jesus is the, the sun that's shining any source of light. There's no darkness at all. Yeah. And I remember growing up before Christ, I would always be like, man, oh, if heaven doesn't have video games or if heaven doesn't have this or that or, you know, like, oh, I don't even know if that's really worth it. And so my perspective of heaven was lower than my perspective of the things that I could obtain here. And so yeah. it wasn't yeah. worth it. It was no it was the 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 center character that heaven surrounds around is our creator, savior and sustainer. So we look at Christ he is the object of all of our worship, of all of our attention in heaven. But yet, if I don't know Christ, then yeah, this is this is more this is more heaven than what that sounds like. And yeah. also, the flip side was was true as well. You know, growing up down south, like I always heard about what hell was like and everything, and and I knew a little bit about what the scripture says about hell was like. But until you understand, not only my I, I, that I understood my own depravity, but I started to understand others' depravity. And I started to understand how in those moments when I didn't know the Lord, just how hopeless I felt and how just like, you know, I was, there was so many mirages, right? Before you're a follower of Jesus, there's so many mirages. It's like one moment, you know, you're like, oh, okay, well, this is going to fulfill me. And then you're like, oh, you know, that let me down. And then you reach for something else and you reach for something else. And, but then all of a sudden it just hit me like, okay, hell is the absence of God. And, and I can't even fathom the absence of God here. Because the Bible says that we're living under grace. So even the most hardcore atheist, the Bible says that God loved you so much that he sent his only son that you should not perish, but have everlasting life. So God loves you. God loves us. No matter where we've been, no matter where we go, God loves us. So it's hard for us to disconnect the reality of like, okay, there is a place where God's love is no longer around me, whether I want to accept it or, or, or deny it. But I've I get to a point where I deny it to the point that I rather be in the absence of God than be in the presence of God. And it just hit me like heaven is the presence of God and hell is the absence of God. And so God, a lot of times you hear people say, how can a good God send somebody to hell? It's like, no, God doesn't force you to be in an eternity with him if you don't choose that now. Like, it's like, it's like, it's like, it's like a guy being with a girl or vice versa. And they're like, you will love me. Like that's abuse, you know, like a good God gives a choice and he does everything he can in order for them to understand him. 
and for them to choose him. But if we don't choose him, then then that's that's on us. That's not on God. But but then again, that goes back to why we should share and not keep it to ourselves. Because if we've been saved from the absence of God through having a relationship with God, through the Spirit of God calling us to Christ, then that that should be a burden for us to say, look, like, man, like, how can I, who have tasted and seen that you are good, God, refuse to tell that to someone else in order to prevent them from experiencing that, you know, or even living like that here and now? Yeah, I would, and I would say, you know, to, to believers that don't quite have a picture of heaven, um, if, if someone's a believer, they have experienced at least one time in their life where they felt God's presence, like felt yeah. it, right? Yeah. Felt it. And um, most believers will have multiple moments in their life where they felt yeah. God's yeah. presence. I've had a few where I just, in those moments, it's like, I think you think back to those moments when you have felt the presence of God and it's the most unexplainable, unbelievable, I would I want to say the word magical like feeling. Imagine that moment existing forever and that's 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 a picture of heaven, yeah. you know, for for us. Yeah. And so um and I know Jonah, you've told me your story and you maybe the strongest moment you ever touched by God's presence or one of them was in your bedroom when you came to Christ. Maybe you could re recap that from the perspective of <laughs> yeah. feeling God's presence. And, yeah. and, and it, I think that'll give us a taste of heaven, actually. Yeah, no, I was actually just thinking about that. Like, so for me, it was uh, June 2011. And um, I had a about a month uh, before that in May that I started seeking the Lord through reading the reading the Bible. So I just started instead of reading the Bible, trying to um, get a bit of information or to prove a point or anything like that. I started reading the Bible, seeking after God, like, OK, God, like if you are who you say you are, then that means that you are real. And if you are real, then that means that I can get to know you. Hmm. And like, just like I could get to know anybody else and that you will meet me where I'm at. And so in May, I, I just started reading the Bible, seeking after God's heart. And a lot of it, I didn't even know the theological terms of what was going on. I didn't even know it was the Holy Spirit that was working within me to help me want to do that. I didn't know any of that. I just knew that like, Lord, I, I want to know you. And as I started to spend time in the word and, and everything, I started to fall in love with him. And so there was a moment in June though, at the, the month right after May, where I just had a moment of just a complete brokenness that I was just like, okay, like I am broken. I am broken. Like I, the, the, like there's just so many examples of brokenness in that moment that I was thinking about. I was thinking about just the fact that like, especially up to that time, I was a huge manipulator. I would manipulate whatever I could in order to get whatever I wanted. Hmm. And it, it, it it's not even a way that's like somebody called me out. Nobody called me out on this. This was just me, no. Like I knew in my heart, like my own sickness, my own disgustingness, you know? And it may be even you listening or watching this, you can relate with that. You you know, when no, like maybe nobody else knows, but you know, like when you're laying there in bed, you're just like, oh my goodness, like, man, I I need help. And that was me. And so I realized that I needed help. And I got on my knees. I said, Jesus, if you can do anything with this life, you can have it. Like I was done. I wanted to stop living. And 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 like I shared with you, Jesse, and I've shared on this podcast before, 
in that moment when I said, Jesus, forgive me, I am yours, like take my life. I, at, at that moment, right before saying, Jesus, I'm yours, I just felt so hopeless. Mm. So even helpless. Mm. I felt just so just like, I was just low. I just like, I, I can like just see black. I, my, my eyes were closed. I just felt disgusting. But in that moment that I cried out to Jesus, there was just like this overwhelming sense of just joy. And the best way that I describe joy is that it, it it wasn't like I've I've had Christmases before, and maybe you even listen or watch this, or even you, Jesse, have had a, a Christmas where you you wanted something as a kid and you got it, and you're just like, whoa, you know, like there's months yeah. of you just like asking and begging and dreaming. But I remember specifically on my knees there on the floor of my bedroom in 2011 in June. I remember that what I experienced after asking Jesus to to, to come into my life, it was not just that because that was, that was awesome. There was, there was like a huge spike in that moment, but then there was a massive drop because then you start playing the video game and everything and it might be good for a while, but then you, you're, you're on to the next thing. You, you want the next video game or even rumble robots. Like, where's it now? You know, do you still have your rumble robots? I, do you still have it? I wish I did, but yeah, that let the letdown can be hard because somebody gets a cooler rumble robot that punches you. Yeah, and then- yeah, even that. Like, but in that moment, I remember just being like, "Lord, like, there is just this joy," and I always describe it as joy going beyond any happiness or any peace that you can experience here on this earth. Like, I am not just saying that, like, for the sake of saying that. Like, there was a joy. Like what it was so crazy in that moment that I was on the floor of my bedroom, I literally heard my parents arguing below me. Like they were in the process of getting a divorce and like they were fighting that night. It was a cold night in South Carolina, believe it or not, it gets cold, but it was a cold night. And I remember just like, there is no reason why I should feel just overwhelmingly at peace. The thing that brought me to my knees was that one of the, 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 the girl that I was previously dating started dating a coach in my high school. Like, there was nothing that changed, you know? Like, there was nothing changed. I didn't get a phone call like, hey, by the way, we're not seeing each other anymore. Like, no, nothing changed. But there was a peace. And I always describe it as this. Like, if if a human mind can create a joy that goes beyond the circumstances, there would be no suicide. There would be no depression. There would be no anxiety. Like, I wasn't leaning on my own strength in that moment. I was calling upon Jesus, you know? Yeah. And so, yeah, joy goes way beyond. And like, I remember in that moment, like just having such an overwhelming sense of just like peace and all. I remember in my head, all I wanted to do was to continue to praise Jesus and to worship him. And like, if you would have known me up to this time, I wasn't the guy like when I would go visit a church or anything like that, that would be like singing or anything like that. I thought it was stupid. I thought it was so stupid. Like I thought it was so fake, so shallow. And like in that moment, I'm on I'm I'm by myself in my room, bowing down. In my head, I'm just saying, like, holy, 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 holy is God, 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 Jesus, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. In my head, I knew what I was saying, but outside it was just gibberish. And there was a snot and and tears. And like all that to say, I don't, I don't follow Jesus because of that. I follow Jesus because that joy did not leave. Like 
I I don't follow Jesus just based on one like emotional moment that I had with him. I follow Jesus because that he literally is the most real thing that I've ever experienced. And every single day, he just reminds me, I'm here, I'm here, I'm here, I'm here. You know, even the days where where I, I, I would rather do anything else but spend time in his word or to seek him in prayer and to worship him, that, that I always come back to him because he has fulfilled a hunger within me that I can't deny. I can't walk away from that, you know? And, and so when I think about heaven, like, yeah. I get to be with him, like not just just in my room, like not being able to see, but I get to touch him. I get, you know, like that is that is all, it's, you know. It's, it's amazing. And Jonah, what you experienced in your room, you know, you think about the word salvation, and it means um, it means like you were in the building that was burning, going down. You know, there's a hurricane coming, and somebody reaches in and plucks you out of the fire, out of the destruction, out of the chaos, and uh, brings color. Shameless plug for this podcast. Um, <laughs> but but that, that was salvation. And I, it's so striking to me because you went from one moment where you felt hopeless, broken, mm-hmm. empty, and in despair. Literally, like, if that moment continued on, it would lead mm-hmm. to death. And then Absolutely. this hand of Jesus comes in. And, and what you had to do was call Jesus... Mm-hmm. And he pulled you out and gave you joy and peace and hope and love. And and I honestly want to take the opportunity. Maybe there's somebody listening and you have never experienced that. You've never experienced the presence of God like that. You've never had uh, received salvation. And I just want to tell you that salvation in Christ is not something just for Jonah It's not something just for me or like I told you, if you were listening earlier on, um, me and my household. It is for you. And the Bible makes it so simple and clear. It says anybody who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And it also says anybody who calls on his name will never be put to shame. And I just want to tell somebody that's listening right now that... Um, I just I sense somebody that's going to be listening is broken. Maybe something actually broke your car, a relationship. You feel so broken, and the Bible says I love this. God is the repairer of the breach, and I would I would tell you right now to call on His name with your brokenness, with your emptiness, and just say Jesus, Jesus, if you're there. If you're there, Jesus, save me, help me. And and I I know it to be true because scripture says it. He will meet you. He will bless you. He will open heaven and let his face shine upon you. And so um, I'm just going to pray right now, Jonah. I just pray for um, anyone listening. Uh, Maybe there's somebody listening that isn't necessarily even a believer or just has been questioning faith altogether and they don't even know why they've made it this far in the podcast and i pray that the light of heaven would shine upon them um and i believe god is calling them by name right now and he's telling them i haven't forgotten about you i love you i have been searching uh so passionately for you and i'm calling you by name 
and and I'm just I'm telling you right now that you were worth me giving up my own son to die in your place because I love you so much and I just pray a blessing for those listeners right now in the name of Jesus amen yes yes and I also just want to pray uh, just for those that are just um maybe you you've you've asked you've asked the Lord just to um to intervene in a circumstance or a, or a chaos or a brokenness and you've asked um God just intervene and nothing changes it's, it's just still the same and you're starting to uh to wonder if, if God's even there um I'm even just reminded even us talking on this episode just Lord you didn't you didn't change the circumstances um, that I was going through in that room, Lord, um, that the the woman that was dating the coach, she's married to him now. Like my parents got divorced. Like all the things that were heavy on me did not change. But God, what did change was that no longer was my heart a slave to all of the circumstances, and no longer was the my joy or my peace or my security or my identity or comfort. It wasn't wrapped around anything this world can offer, but it's wrapped around you. And so, Lord, I know that I pray and we pray right now, Lord, for those that are just feeling like their circumstances are telling them one thing and then all of a sudden they're they're coming this podcast and saying another thing that when we cry to you, Jesus, that, that you will bless us, that you will be with us. Lord, will you just please give them a perspective of heaven that, Lord, everything here is not what our eyes focus on, our hearts should focus on, God. If we give our eyes, if we give our heart, if we give our, our, our peace and our identity to this world, Lord, it will always leave us dry. But God, you are the, are, the, are the maker of everything. And we look to you, God. We know that you are where we find our identity. You are where we find our peace. You are where we find our provision. You are where we find our comfort. And everything that we look for and long for. And so, Lord, even if the things on this earth, the, 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 the circumstances does not change, Lord, use us as an instrument. When people look at us, they see you because there is no reason why that there's maybe somebody listening or watching this should have a joy, should have a peace, should have an identity, should have a hope. And they see, all they see is just burned down rubble. But Lord, I just I just thank you for those that are listening or watching this, that they are just a, a lighthouse pointing to the reality that nothing in this world will satisfy. And that is you and you alone that 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 gives us any any, any bit of joy. And so, Lord, just please deliver us from looking to to our, our circumstances and letting that have the final word. No, God, no, no, no. Lord, we are yours and we can rest in that. We can rejoice in that. And also, God, give us a burden to share this hope that we have with those that don't have it. And Lord, help us know if they know it or not. God, help us ask questions. Help us really be a, a lover and pursuer of people, not giving ourselves over to them, but being a lover and pursuer, knowing first and foremost that, that we have experienced love by you and we have experienced pursuit by you. Lord, help us love others as you have loved them. And the ultimate the ultimate act of love, your word says, Lord, there is no greater love than he who would give his life for a friend. And Lord, you ultimately, Jesus, you on the cross gave your life for us. 
You gave your life for us and you call us a friend. You call us a friend through the forgiveness that you offer on the cross. And so, Lord, when it comes to us meeting people, those that we know and those that we don't know, Lord, may we consider them a friend and and take the next step in sharing that love and and giving up ourselves and our comfortability and maybe even our, our, you know, intelligence in a moment of just looking like a fool for the sake of them coming to know you. And Lord, just please help us give our life for those that are around us. Lord, give us a burden for you. Give us a burden for your kingdom. Lord, also give us a terror of hell, of an absence of you. God, thank you that that my heart, our heart doesn't have to live in that. But Lord, give us those visions. Give them those, give us those revelations that that it puts an urgency behind us that we will give up everything to go. Lord, let that just be a prophecy over those that are listening or watching this. Even my life and Jesse's life, Lord, in the moments where we just are giving up a, a thousand reasons why we should not go to the lost and to the broken, God, let there just be that one resounding yes that comes from a reality that you are worth it. You are worth it, God. You saved us. You saved me. You saved us. Lord, help us have a heavenly perspective. Help us live on earth as it is in heaven. And that starts by just being just obsessed with heaven and letting that be just what gives us that fuel to live on earth. Live on earth with just that passion and that love and that desire, even if that means we give our own life, God. We consider all as lost compared to knowing, the surpassing the knowledge of knowing you, God. So just thank you. I thank you for Jesse. I thank you for those that are listening, watching this. Lord, thank you for this instrument that you have of podcast and, and all, the, all the resources that we have. Lord, we rebuke in the name of Jesus anybody who's speaking, uh, speaking truth that goes outside of your word. God, no, no, you are the source of truth. God, we rebuke any spirit of fear or of worry or just anxiety. Anything within me, God, I rebuke it. God, I don't want to look like me. I want to look like you. God, I want to love like you. We want to love like you. So Lord, just help us. Help us, Jesus. Take us deeper. Take us deeper. Help there be an intimacy through your Holy Spirit, through a surrender and obedience to you. We need you, Lord. In your name we pray and we surrender. Amen. 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 Yeah. Oh, thank you. Thank you for that prayer, Jonah. Man, I'll yeah, say thank you as well. Something happened back in 2011. That prayer is evidence of that. We're enjoying the fruit yeah. of, of what God did in your life. Yeah. And, and that prayer is a, it, it really is an evidence of the truth of, of Jesus, Jesus Christ as God's son because uh, something happened back in 2011 and, and that's, yeah. that's where it's taken you know you and so thank you so much jonah for your ministry this podcast you're you're a blessing i hope you know that thank you for you as well buddy and uh th- th- again for those that are listening watching this i feel like every week we talk about this but there is nothing special about me there is nothing special about jesse the only thing that is special is the holy spirit working throughout us and the bible says that we are jars of clay like we are jars of clay like i on myself on, on me alone like I'm, I'm not worth anything. Like I'm not, the Bible says that we are dead in our sins apart from Christ. And so like, again, like if you see anything or you hear anything in this podcast of any bit of worth, 
let that just fuel you to, to get to know Jesus through his word and, and just being honest with him. He already knows your heart. He knows your thoughts. Psalms 139, verse 23, 24. Search me, O God. Know my heart. Test me. Know my anxious thoughts. See if there's any offensive way in me and lead me in your way everlasting. And so, yeah. Anything else you want to say, Jesse? I, I know we've uh, we've talked a lot, but anything else? Or? Yeah. I want to pray God blesses your ministry, blesses this podcast to reach more people. And, um, you know, I would just, I would encourage people um, if they're just considering their witness, evangelism. I know it can be scary, um, but when you begin to just ask him for opportunities, you'll walk right into them. When you're doing evangelism teams with God, it's not that hard. Um, I like to say evangelism is not a root canal, it's a conversation. <laughs> it's a conversation. And um, and so, you know, just um, just just start by praying about the topic. Pray through some of your fears. Pray for lost people in your life. Ask God how to do it. Just start praying about it before maybe you even go out and try to just start, you know, winning people to Christ. That can be a great place to just, you know, talk out some of those barriers that you have with God and see what He has to say and help you with, you know, the Holy Spirit will be there with you. So, um, yeah, just, um, yeah, praise God. Praise God for this. Yeah. All right. Well, again, if uh, if uh, this is your first time being a part of this, uh, feel free to subscribe. Um, we do a podcast every Wednesday, Lord willing. Uh, there's some weeks that I don't get to, but uh, every Wednesday for the most part. So look forward to talk to you next week and God bless you. Talk to you later.